the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets, but the point is I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. You gotta put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hi, Kyle Kuzma, if you come in here, uh, can you just talk about your chemistry with him? Uh, it's great. Uh, Last Game Brothers, you know, that must be the connective unit we have. And uh, he keeps getting me assists. Welcome to the Lakers Legacy, where the Lakers are light skinning and winning. And at this point, Alan, <laughs> at this point, Alan, should we schedule that summer league championship parade down Old Town Pasadena? <laughs> oh my God! The championship parade is usually down Figaro or something exactly, through Staples. Yeah. So now it's going to be on Colorado Boulevard where they do the Rose Parade. <laughs> that's actually even that's even crazier. <laughs> But it's still still smaller scale, you know. Old Town Pasadena, still a smaller scale. Not exactly the Rose Parade route, but let's just say. Nah, let's do it right in front of that Norton Simon Museum, right on that TV <laughs> area that every single person in the entire world watches on New Year's morning. Let's end it by the Rose Bowl. Let's do it big. Who cares? Sure. So should we pencil that in now, even though we haven't seen the championship game against Portland? I already bought my tickets for those seats. I'm gonna camp out. So yes. Awesome. We'll go hit up Noodle World before that because it's right there on that <laughs> on that street. So there you go, everybody. <laughs> um, the Lakers have just beat the Mavericks 108-98. Alan and I just came back from Vegas last night, or actually this morning, but we were there last night to watch the the Lakers beat the Nets 115-106. And yeah, we're here to kind of just break it all down for you guys, talk about our weekend in Vegas watching the Lakers in Summer League and all that jazz. Uh, before we get started, though, as usual... Please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes because the more you rate and review us, that's how many more different shoe brands Lonzo Ball will continue to wear all throughout the season, <laughs> all the way right down to Dwayne Wade's Li Ning shoes in, in China. <laughs> and Clay, Clay Thompson, too. <laughs> yeah, the Antas, right? <laughs> yes, Antas. I wish, I don't know, I wonder if there was a prop bet for which shoe he was going to wear. Because last night I said he's going to wear Jordans tomorrow. I bet you anything. And sure enough, that's what he wore. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think they're going to have to start doing it because he's really going through all these right down the line. So, yeah. So, what the heck is next? Reebok? I don't know, but we need the people to keep rating and reviewing so we get the Stefan Marbury Starberries or something. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, yeah. With that said, Let's let's just get right into it. I guess before we get into the games, and we'll kind of go in order here, even though we just finished up the uh, the Mavs game. Alan, how was our how was your experience like in Vegas? Just being there. Um, what are some sights and sounds we can give the people? It doesn't really necessarily have to be Lakers related, but I mean, one sure. thing we can say is it was super hot. It felt like the wind was blowing fire into our faces. It was kind of one of those feelings where it was so hot it was cold sometimes because it was kind of stinging. But aside from that. It was a lot of fun. Glad we got to see Lonzo Ball. I think the dirty little secret for avid summer league goers is that if you actually go the second week, I know a bunch of people just go the first week, which is actually, you know, 
it makes sense to go the first week because that's when you know for sure all the players are playing 100%. But if you have a little patience and you want to risk it a little bit, I've actually gone to Summer League on the second week every single time, and I've never missed out on watching D'Angelo Russell, Brandon Ingram, and Lonzo Ball. And now the benefits of doing that actually is that, well, one, you kind of uh, weed out the crazy crowd, and by the time you get there the second week around, it was still crazy. The, the the stadium was still packed, but it it wasn't to the extent where people were telling me the first week that there was there were lines waiting outside the stadium, out in the heat, you know, just to get in the yeah, stadium. Exactly. And that would have been like three hours before the tip off of oh, the Oh, totally. Game. And then on top of that, the tickets were actually sold out last week. Like here you could still at the very least, even if you came in last second and decided on a whim to go, you could still get seats no matter what, you know. So, I mean, that's the dirty little secret. If you have patience and you want to wait it out, it's almost a certainty that one of the top prospects will be playing. So we were lucky enough to see Lonzo Ball, obviously. So, Alan, what about you? What were some cool highlights from our trip trip in Vegas? Yeah, dude, it was a really fun weekend. And uh, just to further embarrass you a little bit happy birthday <laughs> that's oh, the other part of this this tradition uh for Indeed. you at least like every time you have gone that second week of summer league it coincides uh almost perfectly with your birthday so that's the other that's the other dirty little secret <laughs> yeah i was gonna add this is my third straight vegas july birthday lakers summer league related birthday i, I think i've gone age 20 no 27 28 29 so there you go the last three years so outed myself there's my age and on top of it the other the other the other dirty little secret i wanted to add though with regards to waiting it out and going towards the latter end of summer league is the fact that the players usually always play better by that time you know because they've of course they've been gelling they've gotten the nerves out of the way they got in the the kinks out of the way especially lonzo balls kind of rough debut and by that time like you said they're gelling but also they're more confident they got they've gotten a flow of things and so you're usually if not getting their best game at least a game where they're definitely comfortable and already. Yeah, this is generally sync. like a better product. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, yep. do you want to tell the audience about who we met? I mean, it wasn't Lonzo Ball, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. So, uh, yeah, let's see. First thing we did on Friday was we we ate, uh, got some Thai food, um, and then after that, we got some ice cream and uh, was just kind of looking around, and I'm like. Oh, look, it's Denzel Valentine. <laughs> and uh, he was waiting in line for some, like, pressed juice type stuff. So, you know, keeping it really healthy. Healthy and, dude, yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, we waited for him to, like, finally stop talking to the cashier for probably a good 10 minutes just so we could get a picture with him. And he was super nice. He was, like, he, like, immediately knew we were going to ask for a picture. And he was already putting his long arms around our shoulders um, before we, like, said anything, you know. So uh, that was cool. And then after that... Sorry, it, I was going to add to nah, the Denzel ahead. Valentine one. He was wearing these uh, white slippers. He was oh, super cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, made, I just made an offhand comment. I was like, hey, yo, are you wearing those big ball of sliders? And he's like, nah. Hell nah. <laughs> <laughs> Good little uh, exchange there. Yeah, that was cool. And it kind of got our hopes up as far as like running into notable NBA players. We're like, oh man, we've been here for like an hour and we already ran into a guy. How many other people are we just going to randomly see? And uh, our, our friend Lucy, who accompanied us, was like... Yeah, it's kind of like catching Pokemon. <laughs> so we were saying, like, all right, one down, 149 to go. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that that kicked things off nicely. And then, uh, Who's yeah, man. that Pokemon? It's <laughs> Denzel Valentine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were joking. We're like, yeah, if you're a Pokemon fan from back in the day, it's like the, the silhouette of the Pokemon. And obviously, yep. uh, they're easily identifiable. But if it were basketball players, it would be absolutely impossible. But yeah, we, we had many uh, super irreverent conversations like that, of course. Um, but otherwise, man, yeah, it was it was tons of fun. We saw Mark Madsen a little bit. And he was like giving love to literally every single person who said his name in the arena, which was super cool. Um, unfortunately, he didn't walk uh, across our path. But, uh, yeah, man, it was fun. This is the closest I've ever sat at Summer League. This is my third Summer League as well. I typically go the first weekend. My first Summer League was when Devin Ebanks and Derek Character were rookies. So, uh, that was, shoot, I was like 21 at that time, I guess, and that was when we were still a good team. But, um, this is the first time I've sat as close, uh, as, you know, as we did, like, third, fourth, fifth row or whatever. And I guess one of the things that really stuck out to me was how much 
you know, they verbally communicate, at least in the first five minutes of the game. And then it, it mm-hmm. definitely tends to wane as you get to the second half. There's not nearly as much communication, like on defense, on switches. And you could just hear the coaching staff of whichever team, like, just, you know, yelling out instructions throughout. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was just a really cool perspective to get. It's almost like watching high school basketball, you know, in your high school's gym. But these guys are the best athletes in the world. So, that was really enjoyable. Uh, I think I slept roughly four and a half to five hours every single night. Um, so I have to admit right now, my eyelid, my eyelids feel a bit heavy. Uh, but overall, super fun weekend. And uh, I don't know how many more fun Lakers summer leagues there's going to be. This very well could be the last one uh, for quite some time. So very fortunate that it all worked out. And uh, yeah, man, good stuff. Also, another big thing that happened while we were at Summer League before the Lonzo litness was something close to that type of litness. And I'm talking about Alan Ding Taifung, Ding Sanity. I don't even know the guy's full name. I probably can't pronounce it even if I looked at it right now. Ding something, number eight from China, literally an MVP because he was the CBA's MVP the last year or something. Did he have the crowd on their feet and cheering and yelling, ding, bring ding in, bring something, something ridiculous like that? So it was actually louder when he touched the ball than uh, when Lonzo did something. Yes, I didn't want to say it, but yes. (laughs) It's true, man. Like my cousin, again, he was there uh, at Summer League last weekend. You know, last week was really lit, like definitely more than when we were there. And my cousin was even like, I'm pretty sure it's louder right now when Ding touches the ball than Lonzo's debut. And it's because with Lonzo's debut, it's all like, it's all Laker fans cheering. But when Ding touches the ball, it's literally every basketball fan. (laughs) And that is everyone who's at the game. So good on him, dude. Yeah, we were like taking a bunch of Snapchat videos because it got so ridiculous. Like they were literally chanting his... His name at the free throw line, not chanting his name, but actually chanting MVP, chanting MVP, MVP. <laughs> and every time they were actually yelling at the Dallas coach to bring him in, they were yelling, bring Ding in, bring Ding in. <laughs> and then when any of the Dallas Mavericks players failed to pass the ball to Ding off of per, of a pick and pop or something, the crowd would boo like, yeah, no other- yeah. And, and it's different from an NBA game, obviously, because the crowd is smaller, but also, like, there's no music going on during the game like it would at Staples Center or something. <laughs> it's a college arena, so it's completely silent. You may as well be, like, in a YMCA or a 24-hour fitness, so you can hear individual fans, like, actually hollering at the Dallas Mavericks bench. So I almost feel bad for the guy, you know yeah. what I mean? Because it's... I feel like when that stuff was happening, he was really ISOing on offense. And uh, he had the matchup, I guess. But I, I would see, like, the Dallas coaches kind of look at each other like, what the heck is going on? So uh, in some ways, it was a bit counterproductive. But Yeah, and he's actually a pretty solid player for that size to have those handles. And that shooting ability is great. But like you said, it's unfortunate that the fans are almost facetiously cheering him on. And he, at times, was yeah. embarrassed. They'd show his face on the camera he'd be like what the heck is going on not again you know I could, you could tell from his facial expressions like <laughs> good lord come on because <laughs> he's trying to right. play he's trying to win his way onto an nba team and it's hard to do that when the entire crowd is not only egging you on but egging your coaching staff on and if you want to play within the offense it's it's harder to do that you know so it, it, it's tough yep. but yeah ding sanity everybody ding Taifung, best dumplings but also the best basketball player in, in china. china so there you go it was it was a good way to close out my uh my Lakers rebuilding flash the progress trust the process summer league career I think especially getting getting to see Lonzo Ball in such an environment as the Lakers fans made summer league this year because it's always been lit you know the last two three years or so but this year in yeah, particular definitely. this year in particular was like another level of I mean just culminated in this explosion of everybody just all coming out all at once and then not not only all coming out but just being so on fire for Lonzo and after these last you know three four games you can understand why obviously so I mean let's get right into it you know the Lakers beat the Mavs 108-98 they beat the Nets last night at our game 115-106 you know some quick stats the Lakers are averaging 105 points in their last four games since Lonzo came back from that little 
It's like, is that more points than we averaged last year in the regular season? <laughs> it honestly might be. I have to check. But even yeah. in 40-minute quarters, you know, the, just the, right, the, exactly. the pace that the Lakers have been playing has just been torrid. And they're just going up and down, up and down. And Zubats actually mentioned it, too. It's just like it seems like all the teams this year are trying to pick up the pace just because, you know, that Golden State mentality, which makes sense. But it seems like the Lakers have the perfect lead man to do so, you know, and the perfect guys to do so. And we're really outside of all these other teams who are trying to do the same thing, the fact that we're the fastest is really telling, you know. Um, Lonzo Ball, he is averaging at this point now, after this last game, 16.3 points, 9.3 assists, 7.7 rebounds, 2.5 steals, one block per game. I mean, those are incredible. (laughs) That's like all-around numbers. That is insane. And he also has four games with 10-plus assists. I think he's only played like That's five, right? right? Five or six. And he played twenty and he played twenty-two minutes tonight. Can you imagine what he would have done if he'd gone like at least thirty-one or thirty-two minutes? Yeah, it was ridiculous. He he had sixteen points, ten assists, four rebounds, five for seven from the floor in twenty-one minutes. So so he's he's just two for three from three. And it looks very smooth. He's been exemplary all throughout, obviously, especially after those first few bumps or whatever. So amazing. And then Cal Kuzma is averaging like... Oh, my God. You mean Clay Thompson? <laughs> hey, man, not so far <laughs> off, man. Not, I, mean, I mean, I said it the other day, like, tongue-in-cheek, and then I was like, oh, God, people are going to think I'm an idiot. Let me retract that a bit, you know? But, I mean, again, I'm obviously not saying he is Clay Thompson, but right now he is a he's just a very good shooter, and every time he puts it up, uh, I expect it to go in. He's a shooter, man. I was tell I, I t- told people on Twitter he's shooting it into existence, literally. Like this is he's not speaking it into nice. existence. He's literally putting the ball in the basket with this pure shot. Has he had some bad misses? Yes. Whatever. It's clear when this guy is confident and he lets it fly. He could he could eventually become, especially with more reps and just getting that shot to be more consistent. I would not be surprised whatsoever if he's making two threes a game, you know? And if you're making two threes a game at a 37% clip or whatever, you are a legitimate shooter. And I can see that future for Kyle Kuzma, especially playing alongside Lonzo Ball. Yeah, and the awesome thing is I feel like so many times he's got a hand in his face. Like, these are contested shots. He's not just wide open in the corner, you know? And it's like, oh, well... When the regular season starts, you know, there's going to be more pressure on him, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, a lot of these threes, he is being guarded. It's a catch-and-shoot situation. The defender's closing out well, but he has such a high release point because he's very tall, and it's very quick. Um, He doesn't have a problem getting it off. And when he's wide open, he just shoots it fluidly as well. You know, like, it is an open shot. So, I mean, that's good to see. Uh, So, Kyle Kuzma's averaging above 20 points. 20 points, around 6 rebounds. Three assists, 1.5 blocks, one steal, shooting around 46% shooting. So, Kyle Kuzma, everybody, what a revelation. Kudos again to the Lakers. Uh, let's let's start with the Brooklyn game so we're not jumping too much all over the place here. Uh, what did you see from the game that we were actually at? You know, Lonzo Ball, that game, almost had a triple-double, I think. Well, we'll get into it. 14 points, nine rebounds, seven assists. What did you see from the the Nets game? And we can kind of just do like an overarching summary because I guess right. f- guess for me, just seeing his passes in, in person, he had that one half court pass that to, eighty foot yes, alley oop, the alley oop to Kyle <laughs> Kuzma for the lay in where dude, it was like the other free throw line. <laughs> it was just seeing that I was like, you, you got to be kidding me! You got to be kidding me right now! Like seeing it in person is incredible because we got to see obviously some of the games beforehand and. If if those passes were so easy and everybody could do them, why haven't we seen it from all exactly. these other teams? You know, we saw we we watched maybe like four games before that Laker game, including the the Friday slate, and no one was like throwing passes like that. No. You know, heck no, it's probably not even a thought in their mind. You know, it doesn't even cross it. So just seeing it in person, you really got a sense, and you really got the depth of this guy's passing ability and just how he changes the entire dynamic of the team and kind of like carries the team along with him and then you just see them with more confidence taking these shots with more you know taking these shots with more confidence running harder being more willing to pass as well being more willing to make the extra pass even if it's just a hockey assist so Lonzo Ball for me he he only was four for 12 from the field but 
his passing was incredible. And honestly, he should have had like 13 assists if it wasn't for Zubats either fumbling the pass or not being able to finish or going off, going off, going up softly. You know, there were a couple of times when Zubats just couldn't finish because one, he was either too slow. He'd try and gather. And then by the time he gathered, he'd get blocked. The ball would slip out of his hands, et cetera, et cetera. But each time, like Lonzo Ball was just dishing it to him at ex- the exact spot that any other normal NBA big who's athletic and can go up quickly would have been able to easily finish, you know? So for me, I was like, I thought for sure this kid had like 11 or 13 assists and he should have had it if, you know, guys like Thomas Bryant or Zubats had had made their shots. Also, I realized his ability to pass, you know, when he drives, he does that thing where he makes those quick shovel, no look shovel passes where it doesn't. Yep. It's a sleight of hand. It's like a magic trick. It is sleight of hand. It just flips out of his body. You're like, wait, he didn't even lead with his hand. You know, how did he do that? But they're so effective. He just gave birth to the basketball. (laughs) He literally does. And, And it's crazy because, you know, our biggest problem and one thing that we wondered is, well, if he drives into the lane, people are going to just play him for the pass, right? But even when he drives, yeah. they just collapse on him and they don't even think – they don't even know where it's coming from. So even if they're playing right, it for the pass, right. it's just so deceptive and he's able to get it through. And so I, I've just been super impressed watching his his passes live. So what about you? What did you see? Yeah, because – yeah, it's like what would most players do when he has those sleight of hand passes? They'll jump up and act as if they're going to shoot the layup, right? And then maybe they'll try to do a wraparound pass – like around their defender, like Kobe always used to do to Shaq. Like, I feel like that's what most players would do. Um, if it's one of those kind of handoffs right under the rim, but Lonzo's just so creative. The defense does not know how to react. Um, it's so unpredictable. And I'm sure that we're going to see, um, you know, once the preseason starts, a whole nother like array of, uh, passes when he is in the paint. He's going to have pocket passes. He's going to have probably these weird, jump past things that he does and all kinds of stuff. So very exciting, very unpredictable with what he does. But I totally agree with you. I thought um, right before I checked the box score, I'm like, okay, he definitely had a uh, a double-double with assists and points. Um, so to see seven assists was shocking. I agree. I would have guessed 11 or 12 dimes. Um, but yeah, man, it just blows you away with what he does. And like you said, we'd watched so many games before that Brooklyn Laker game and I was trying to, for example, we watched, what was it, the Kings and the Suns, right? And that was in Cox Pavilion, so it was very small. We were super low, and I was envisioning what Lonzo would be doing after a miss or a make, for that matter, for either team. It's like, oh, he probably would have seen that seam right there with his wing running the floor from 50 feet away, but... You know, whoever the guards were for either of those teams, obviously, like, they, they just don't see it. And that's not their mentality or their mindset. Um, and even the Boston and Dallas game, I was thinking, like, what would Lonzo do if he were here? Oh, he would have done this. He would have done some crazy stuff. And you just don't see it from anyone else. And, like, who else in the league? Like, let's get out of the summer league um, kind of mindset. Who else does those things? Like, LeBron will do it, obviously. Um but shoot, <laughs> like other than that, who is there? I guess Rondo every now and then. Um, well, no, I mean, even even Rondo's assist, to be honest with you, like the other pure, quote unquote, pure point guards who get a lot of assist numbers there. I mean, the main difference between them and Lonzo is Lonzo just gets the ball out of his hands really well, quickly right. at the right times. These yeah. these other guys, they're predicated on their assists are predicated on the dudes well, pounding, pounding the, the ball. Exactly. Well, yeah, yeah. Like I, I envision, you know, Rondo every now and then he'll have a really slick one-handed bounce pass from half court. And, you know, like, it's awesome. But Lonzo, like, you expect to see it every single yeah. game. Um, but, yeah, those are the only guys I could even think of who do it every now and then. And when they do, like, it's a true highlight. Like, oh, my God, that was amazing. Lonzo, now we're just starting to expect it, which is, like, an even crazier thing. Also, I was telling you, you know, we were trying to, obviously, everybody in the stadium was trying to get a good video of Lonzo Ball doing something amazing, right? Dude, it's impossible. I just recorded him shooting a free throw and called it a day. <laughs> it happens way too fast. That's that's exactly true. But I was remember I was describing to you my thought process of how to get a good Lonzo highlight video. And usually, typically, any other any other year, you'd always look on the offensive end. Once the guy gets the rock, then you start recording, right? Because in half court, yep. especially, all right, this guy's gonna get a pick and roll, and he's gonna do something cool. 
But for Lonzo, because of the way that he plays, I always started recording on the defensive end, even before the Lakers even had the ball, because I knew the magic's going to happen when Lonzo Ball gets the defensive rebound and then takes it full court. And so I was already, every single time, no, not even kidding you, I would be taping the other team and hoping for a miss because I was like, Lonzo, get the rebound and go, 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 go. So, I mean, that just tells you all you need to know about Lonzo's game, how dynamic he is, how he just changes the entire landscape of the way the Lakers want to play. And it is showtime. And these are guys in summer league right now, you know, it's just Kyle Kuzma running down there. People have been saying it once he's in the NBA with actual NBA caliber caliber players who are more athletic, who run harder, who are better conditioned, it's going to be over, man. It's going to be over, fam. It's going to be KCP. <laughs> it's going to be KCP, Julius Randle. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> George, Jordan Clarkson all running down, sprinting, sprinting, sprinting. And it's going to be Hell, so even much Corey fun. Brewer. Oh, for- <laughs> even Corey Brewer for like the five minutes he'll average this season per game. Like that's what he does anyway with freaking Lonzo. That's going to be perfect. You know, like he'll, he'll get one dunk a game. Great. That's awesome. Corey Brewer scored 54 points on layups alone, like leak out. So <laughs> yeah. you can imagine he might have his second 50 point game off of a 20 assist game from Lonzo <laughs> essentially. But yeah, I mean, that was, that was my biggest takeaway, you know, just watching it in person and, uh, People are kind of always holding their breath to see what this kid's going to do, you know? And we kind of did that with D'Angelo a little bit, but it's not to this extent where every single time, and I guess it's more so in the full court setting, half court, we're still holding our breath as well. But man, every time he gets the rebound, we're just like, oh, what's going to happen now? Because nobody can anticipate yeah. it. And uh, yeah, it, it was just really fun to see him in action. Yeah, and actually, like the other thing is, Brooklyn, you know, rolled out NBA level players yesterday, guys who'd started at some point last season, and they're coached by Kenny Atkinson, the head coach. So you could say, like, okay, he got seven dimes, should have had even more against like a real team, like with actual talent and skill and experience, and uh, a coach who is just at a higher level and all those others. So that is even more impressive. And I, I feel like that's something that uh, is easy to forget. Right, because Karis LeVert and Rondé Hollis-Jefferson are long Oh my dudes. god, those guys are long, dude. Just watching in person, you're like, oh crap, Like, how is he going to make this happen? Yeah, and I guess the one negative of Lonzo's play that we saw is, you know, he was getting some of his layups swatted back at him. And, and you, you kind of observed something in the way that he's like going in for these shots. Yeah. Yeah, he, he needs to jump into the contact, you know, like go to the bucket and, you know, maybe you'll, you'll get the call, you'll get fouled. Um, he kind of shies away from that and he'll jump away from the defender and, uh, yeah, he'll end up exposing the ball. And that's why he gets swatted every now and then. Um, but it's just something that he has to learn, um, just in practice with those player development codes, with those big, like, those cushion things that they use in practice, you know, and you just kind of bump the bodies. So, um, that's something that'll, that'll come with time, but he did get swatted a few times here and there. And, uh, again, though, these are coming against Karis LeVert and Rondé Hawes Jefferson with his, his, uh, shimmying at the free throw line, which we can, which we kept imitating like over and over. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I, mean, I think he'll, yeah, like you said, he, he just needs to learn how to absorb the contact because, you know, he had that nine for 12 free throw game in his 36 point outburst. But against the Nets, he was five for seven. But honestly, five of those free throws were from jump shots. So they're not even technically like him driving it in the lane and getting hit. You know what I mean? So, but outside of that, I was very impressed watching him live. He had that. Obviously, against the Mavericks, he had that crazy punch pass. But in the Nets, he also had a tip pass. I don't know if you noticed it, but I didn't notice it live. But watching it back, watching the highlights back, he had that tip. It was a loose ball in the air, and he tips it directly to Kuzma on the right wing for the three. And Kuzma hits it and drains it. But even just that awareness, his spatial awareness of everything is amazing. You know, where... It's like they always say he... Sometimes it just looks so unconventional and wonky, but he gets it to where it needs to go. If, whether it's like a like a tip, a flick, if he has to use his elbow to like bump it to somebody, he's gonna do it. You know, so <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, he does take a snapshot of the court, mm-hmm. right? And he's got that in his mind, and everyone is kind of placed on the map wherever they're at, and uh, it's like a photographic memory type thing, and he just ends up going there. It's like all those times when he drives in the paint 
defense collapse on him, whether it's two or three defenders, and then he'll do a 180 jump spin, right? Mm-hmm. And then he'll kick it out most likely to Kuzma for three. And, uh, yeah, he just has that snapshot in his mind, and he knows where to go with it. Exactly. So let's move on from Ball because we're going to obviously – come right back to him for the Mavericks game. And and I just wanted to touch upon Zubat. I mean, not Zubat, sorry. <laughs> I mean, Zubat's, you know, I think the one thing, since we're already here, our consensus thoughts on Zubat's were pace is just too fast for him, man. I, I, I can definitely sense that he improved his body this past summer. But even then, I don't think he realized how fast Alonzo Ball-led team plays. And he admitted as much. He's like, I'm still not in shape for this, you know? I, I thought I had yeah. done enough. And compared to last year, maybe he did, but Lonzo Ball is like a whole different animal, a whole different beast in terms of the pace and how he pushes it. It's like unrelenting. You know what I mean? It just, it never stops. So Zubats, unfortunately, I don't know. He's going to have to do something. He's going to have to shed some more pounds, maybe get a little more cut. Try and, I I don't know. I honestly want to say try and get more athletic, but right now he's just too slow for the game and he can't finish these passes that, Lonzo are giving him like the passes that he's getting he can't finish he's going up too softly and he's gathering too slowly yeah and sometimes you just need a guy who can hammer it down like at lightning speed and he can't do that right now it's interesting I was thinking this and then my cousin shout out to my cousin Rory uh he was with us yesterday as well and uh he said he feels like Zubats's lower body got a lot bigger not like fat Mm -hmm. but like muscularly he got thicker down there and uh when you add that much muscle, it's going to be harder for you to get up and down the floor, depending on how you built it. Like, did you bulk up or did you get more lean? To me, he looks like he got a little bit bulkier down there. Um, so obviously, I think that would hamper his ability to be more mobile and quicker yeah. and also have that endurance. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, hopefully, uh, it's just an adjustment period for his body. Big picture, it's only July, right? And then they report for training camp whenever, like September, or October, whatever it is. So, uh, yeah, hopefully with these next month and a half or two months, he can kind of figure it out physically, uh, especially because he has he knows exactly what to expect at this point. But, yeah, that was an observation live you could really see on TV that uh, he's not out of shape, you know. Um, he, he looks pretty good, actually, physically, if you just, just look at him. But once it's in the game, it's a different story. Yeah, and I, I described it to you and I mentioned it to you that Zubats right now, the way he's going and the way the Lakers want to play, especially with Lonzo, to me, last year everybody was saying he's a franchise center, we're going to build around him. I mean, Palenka has been saying the same stuff too, but if he doesn't change the way his his body is right now and the way he finishes, because look, there are some times where his soft touches and everything come become handy you know because he can he has really good touch in the lane so all he needs to do is really get get it up there really quickly or shoot a quick turnaround jump shot or shoot a quick jump shot and and those are all great but in the times where you just need like a dunk and there's like traffic in there like he can't do it you know he goes up too softly there are a couple times where he tried hammering the ball he would either get fouled and he wouldn't able be able to complete it or the ball would just slip out of his hands thankfully he's getting fouled now first couple games it wasn't even that no it would just get exact like swatted back at him but I mentioned yep. it to you, if he continues this way and we don't see that much improvement in his conditioning and his body, he's kind of just like a change of pace running back, you know? It's not like an every down back where you can rely on him and give him the ball and he goes. It's like situational almost. And and maybe that's where he was always trending if we were able to remove ourselves from the Zubats goat hi- hype last year. But yeah, so hopefully, hopefully he can get it turned around. Um, I do think eventually... Thomas Bryant may need to be the man to step up here as the either Thomas Bryant, obviously, or another free agent that we can somehow get in the almost Nerlens Noel variety. You know, I think that's the type of dude who would really mesh and thrive under Lonzo Ball, like a guy who can clean up, a guy who can just catch lobs, who's super athletic. If he can shoot a jump shot, that'd be great. But honestly, just someone who can run, run, run. And yeah, just catch lobs, has good hands, and just go up and finish, you know? So Yeah, because I think where he would just, I don't want to like go off too much longer on it, but where he would be more successful is obviously in a pick-and-pop situation, but Lonzo isn't particularly comfortable in pick-and-roll or pop at this point. That's also just not his game, and clearly it, like, it shows like his game is everything else. 
Um, the assumption is Lonzo's going to improve at that. And, you know, maybe when that's the case, running more half court sets and it isn't as much early offense, that's when, uh, Zubots will be a little bit more in his comfort zone. So just to give him a little bit of credit there, uh, hopefully his shooting has really improved. We haven't seen him, I don't know how many threes he's attempted in summer league. I want to say it's like less than five by for sure, like maybe one to three. Um, but if that's something that he's got going and he and Larry Nance say that they're having shooting competitions all the time, um, that could give him some extra minutes, but we'll see. Well, like you said, he is filling in that, is it Welsh? That Welsh role? Thomas Welsh yeah, so- or like TJ Lee for that matter. Yeah. Both of those guys at UCLA were mid-range magic um, and TJ Leaf could really stretch the four out all the way out to the three. So... Um, yeah, you could plug Zubats into that type of thing. Yeah, Zubats been has been doing that this summer league in terms of hitting that ten foot jumper. So I mean, that's good to his credit. Uh, let's move on to Kyle Kuzma, Kuz Control, man, second man of the summer league for the Lakers. I mean, this guy has been once again incredible. I can't I can't say enough against the Nets. We really got to see it. Twenty six points, ten of nineteen shooting, three for three of seven from three, four assists, three rebounds, two steals, two blocks. He was tomahawk throwing it down over people he was cutting and then you know what we noticed the most is he was calling his own shot you know taking guys off the dribble really taking advantage of a defense that was a step slow and really yeah just what's it called pump faking catching people off guard because now they're actually playing for him for the shot and him just leveraging that and using his first step quick bursts going into the lane finishing with his left hand scoop layups dunks i mean Spin moves. spin moves. Oh my goodness, spin moves. That's like his thing, man. He put on a spin move clinic yesterday. He had that one play where he did two consecutive reverse pivot spin moves. Yeah. And got all the way to the cup. And that just shows off how great his ball handling is, his body control, is just his fundamentals, technique, everything. That that blew me away. Yeah, and then on top of the other things that he's been doing that already made him so successful, running the floor, always looking for the Lonzo pass, the fact that he was able to finish off that layup was not easy, folks. I mean, that, that was crazy, you know? And then on top of that, yeah. um, yeah, his passing, his handling, West Coast version of Ben Simmons. Obviously not as polished, but he sure can shoot better than Ben Simmons, so we'll give him that much, you know? But his his passing, the other thing, I mean, he is just so attuned to his surroundings as well. He's pretty much Lonzo Ball at the four because he gets it out of his hand really quickly. And he, he's a willing passer, too. You know, I, I know he takes heat checks sometimes. He likes to do that, which is fine. But Yeah, you're all right with that. If you're going to shoot 50% almost from three from game to game, go for it. Exactly. But most other times, he's really playing within the flow of the offense, and he knows how to find oh, guys. I remember he was kind of stuck in the post at, at one point, and then I forgot who cut to the baseline. It might have been Caruso or Thomas, and he, like, whipped did a whip pass to him, you know? And yeah. that's just how he plays. And not even just the direct passes, but the hockey passes that he likes to throw as well from him throwing it to Caruso, Caruso throwing it to a wide open guy in the baseline. I mean, Kuzma is just a smart player. And I think, I think he always had this in him. And I, I give 90% of the credit to him, obviously. Actually, maybe 85%, but I give 15% of his development and progress to Lonzo Ball, you know? I think Lonzo yeah. has expedited this process to Kuzma and really helped him find who he is a lot quicker than maybe he would have. You know, maybe we would we would have seen this yeah, type of Kuzma yeah. second year around next summer, you know? But because he's playing with Lonzo, he's like, yo, I'm just going to run fast. I'm going to shoot quickly. I'm going to have confidence. And I'm going to not be afraid to show off the skill that I flashed before, but not For on sure. a consistent level. So what did you see? Yeah, I wonder what the I wonder what the front office was thinking on draft day as far as fit goes. Like, obviously, it worked out perfectly. Um, but if we didn't have Lonzo, um, would they still have taken Kuzma right there? Or, like, how much did their like vision for how Lonzo and Kuzma fit together go into their decision making or you know maybe they would have taken him anyway and it was just like oh my god this is the absolute perfect you know best case scenario these guys are going to play incredibly well together I, I just wonder like where if the foresight was there from our scouts um or if they even envisioned it being this like great of a fit you know what I mean I, I don't think they envisioned this because it is of like perfect man it's crazy yeah it makes it makes them look real smart, that's for sure. No, definitely. I think their baseline comp would have been, okay, we're getting hopefully a younger Larry Nance that we can mold. 
And then yeah. I think they, the foresight that they did have is like, look, we're going to have to make a decision on Randall. We already have Nance. You know, we, we, we're going to have to consolidate talent at some point, And it wouldn't hurt to have another stretch four type player in the fold. Like a true stretch yeah, four. Yeah, a, a true <laughs> stretch four. And obviously his shooting is no joke. It's legitimate. We said it the first time, you know, we started watching his tape. Is he inconsistent? Is his percentages... Are her are his percentages mediocre? Yes, but I think that's just belying the fact that this guy has a pure shooting stroke, and all he needs to do is be consistent with it, and he's shown that. And I think the Lakers saw that in the draft combine, through workouts, etc. I mean, how many times has he hit five threes a game, even starting back from the combine? You know, he's already hit five threes twice in this summer league alone against Dallas tonight. He hit yeah five for seven. You know, it's crazy. He had that yeah, he had that five yeah. for ten game. Uh, when he hit 31 points against the Nets last night, three of seven. So, I mean, yeah, like you said, Kyle Kuzma has been perfect, but I think that has come in concert with the fact that his teammate is Lonzo Ball. I don't think they thought, even thought that they would be this perfect. So, but hey, kudos to Kuzma, man. Like, like Lonzo said, light skin, light skin brothers. (laughs) Dude, that that interview with Cassidy Hubbard on ESPN was awesome. And there's even that one part where, um, I think Cassidy Hubbard was like, you know, you went 27th in the draft, and then Lonzo was like, 27th? How'd all those teams pass up on you? And then Kuzma was like, I don't know, man. They shouldn't have passed up on me, that's for sure. And, uh, man, so true. Credit to our front office. It's crazy that we got him at that point. It'll be fun to do one of those redraft uh, the 2017 class uh, episodes like in about a year from now. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And outside of the on-court chemistry that's the first time i've seen lonzo ball cracking jokes and being buddy buddy chummy chummy so that was good to see yeah not not to get too off topic but i feel like lonzo is actually a really funny guy i don't know if you were paying attention during the game but every time they shot to him and brandon ingram on the bench bi is just laughing his butt (laughs) off like every single time ingram's just laughing 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 and you can tell lonzo's just whispering something funny in his ear so it's great to see that off-court chemistry, like you said. The quiet ones that are the most lethal and hilarious, man. <laughs> That's like Tim Duncan. They all said, like, you know, you look at him on the court, there's no expression, but he's one of the funniest people, like, any of the players in the NBA know. So, yeah. Absolutely. So let's move on to tonight's game. Lakers are headed to the championship game against the Portland Trailblazers. Woo-hoo! Because they beat the Dallas Mavericks 108-98. Dennis Smith Jr. was absolutely explosive and dynamic. We unfortunately did not see his best game <laughs> last night, but that was okay. Nah. Uh, tonight, he went out in full force and made up for that with some crazy dunks, some crazy knifes into the lane, some turnaround, pivot, fadeaway jump shots. He had 21 points, six assists, excuse me, two steals. He was everything he's been advertised to be, and it was fun to watch him play. But even with that said, I mean, the Lakers, I mean, Lonzo Ball and the Lakers outshined him as a team, as a collective unit, and the Lakers starters played a lot yesterday against Brooklyn. They played 30-plus minutes. You know, Dallas blew out their competition. They blew out the Celtics yesterday, and Dennis Smith Jr. only played like 20 minutes, I believe, you know, if that. And so they had fresher legs, and we a a bunch of people before this Mavericks game were like, you know, Lakers might be tired this game. Well, guess what? We just ran them out of the gym, you know? This this yep, the final yep. score was uh a lot closer than it really was. The Lakers were blowing the map by like twenty points at the half, you know? Yeah, so, they were up by twenty six yeah. at one point. So the fact that just shows you the Lakers pace their up tempo mentality and play is is no joke. And obviously Lonzo Ball, most of the damage in the first half, sixteen points, ten assists, four rebounds, one steal. He came out hot out the gate, man. This zero is turnovers. Zero turnovers. Zero. Incredible. That's crazy. It's incredible. I and the biggest thing is he got these ten assists all I think in the last five minutes, like five assists in a row, you know, because he he came out of the gate. Yeah, because he was shooting. asserting himself offensively. Yeah. yeah. And so that was for me, that was the first time I saw Lonzo Ball take it upon himself at the start of the game and say, Yo, I'ma shoot my shot. And he shot his shot. He hit like two threes in a row. He he hit like a he dribbled the ball down the court and did a little hesitation step back jump shot with a dude in his face. Still drained that jump shot. He hit a nice you know whirling dervish sort of layup that almost kind of went it out. And that but was then, left-handed too on the wrong side. Exactly, yep. and spun back in. 
So he was on fire to start the game off. And the one three he missed was a save the shot clock violation. Exactly. And that almost went in. (laughs) So, you know, Lonzo Ball being aggressive at the start was really awesome to see. But then... I guess he's got to go Jordans, right? Exactly. (laughs) But then just as he got hot with his own shot, he got hot with his assist. And And I put it on Twitter. I was like, usually you reserve the term, this guy's on fire for making shots, right? But for Lonzo yep. Ball, I'm using that term for when he gets assists because when he's he literally gets on fire assisting to dudes, you know? And I think his team awesome. his team just feeds off of that because the Lakers shot the lights out. And I, I don't think that's any coincidence that it comes from the type of atmosphere and culture that Lonzo Ball is Dude, fostering. I have a great comp for him. He's like Michael Vick. Mm, interesting. Because Mike Vick could, like, run with the ball and, like, take things into his own hands, right? Like, if he wants to go on a 25-yard run, uh, he could just turn on the Jets and do it. But when he's got his guys open, he's going to just flick his wrist and throw the freaking football, like, 50 to 60 yards. Um, Yeah, I think, like, if we're going to go cross sports or whatever... He's like Mike Vick, but playing basketball. Sure. No, I like that comp. And even even down to when he runs, sometimes it's you're worried, you know, because like that's you, you'd rather him pass the ball because Michael Vick gets himself into trouble sometimes, you know, when he runs. So the same yep. can be said with Lonzo is like, oh, is it going to be there today? Sometimes it is like in huge bursts, like the 36 points and then tonight. Right. Sometimes it's not. But guess what? Passing is his biggest strength anyways. So definitely like that comp. And, you know, tonight. That flurry of assists that he had when he was on fire and his teammates were hitting all those shots, I, I was just beside myself. I, I did that. He's, he's a quarterback, man. He's like the epitome of a quarterback. I did that thing where you put your hands in the air and I was like, I can't even. I can't even. <laughs> Especially when he did, he had another one of those touchdown passes to Kuzma, right? You'd think after multiple games seeing this over and over again, like deja vu, that teams would get used to that and be accustomed to that. But no, he's still able to do it. He's still able to thread that bullet pass. And he did it again to Kuzma. Kuzma, another beneficiary of that. And then on top of it, these guys just hitting the lights out from three and Lonzo Ball finding them exactly where they want the ball. So, yeah, what did you see from Lonzo tonight? In spite of the fact that his... I think he had a calf strain in the third quarter that obviously put a damper on things. We're not sure if he's going to play in the championship game. He'll see how it goes. We don't think it's serious, but I think it did happen during that play where he kind of fell out of bounds and tried to avoid a cameraman, and then they were they were working on him on the sidelines throughout the night. So Yeah, I mean, all he was doing, he was chasing down the guy. I don't even remember who it was on that uh, breakaway dunk, and then... Yeah, there's, like, photographer's row, which is, like, one person, but he suddenly, like, put the brakes on, and then you could see him kind of, like, pull up a little bit because, his obviously, like, his leg muscles all had to, had to like, tighten up and really grip, so... Um, I mean, they were just using a foam roller on him over on the side, on the baseline. And then he went in the tunnel and was just doing some like really basic calf stretches against the wall. So, uh, if it were anything like significantly more serious than that, I think they would have just kept him in the locker room and like been applying heat. And, uh, he did go back to the locker room for, I don't know, less than five minutes, came back out. And, uh, they said if the game got really close, they would actually consider putting him back in. It just depends on how things go. And, uh, obviously it wasn't necessary. So hopefully he does play tomorrow but uh back to like his passing again it's just like in football like when the quarterback is gonna throw like a fade route you know in the back of the end zone right by the pylon and the ball just sails right above the defender's like fingertips Mm -hmm. like if any of these guys forgot to cut their nails for like the last (laughs) week or so maybe they would get tipped out of bounds but um they all have like their manicures and pedicures i guess and that's not happening so it's just insane, like, the timing, the precision, the accuracy, how consistent, just everything is absolutely ridiculous. You can't teach that, you know? And it's it's it'd be so interesting to get, to get to know him as a person because as we talked with Coach Steve Bake, he's like, he's been doing this his whole life. And at some point, something must have clicked in his mind where he realized, Lonzo realized, this is a very fun way to play. This is appealing to me. I like doing this more than scoring. And for a less than 13-year-old to want to do that is just so unique, especially like in this era where that's not even what he really grew up watching as a kid. Um, so 
he, he's like an archetype, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, he's like a flashback player from, from the 80s or whatever, and it, it just makes him so fun to watch, and like Dennis Smith tonight obviously was very good, but there are some moments where he takes it into his own hands, and he might make it, and like that's great, but you can see like there are opportunities for him to pass the ball if it's like semi-transition, and he, he just won't do it, and that's okay because he's effective, and he was very efficient tonight. Lonzo in the exact same position would have passed it 100%. And, uh, you know, you get the same amount of points on the scoreboard, but in addition to that, you get your teammates feeling good about themselves. And uh, if Dennis Smith Jr. goes cold at some point, which is going to happen, and his teammates aren't getting that pass, or they're not getting the ball from him distributed, then, um, you know, that's not going to bode as well as it is with uh, the way Lonzo plays. So, it's, it's just really, really exciting, man. And I, I hope he's healthy tomorrow enough to play uh, 15 seed Lakers versus 16 seed Portland Trailblazers. Um, let's get it. Yeah, I mean, there is a market inefficiency for the past first point guard right now in the NBA. And I forgot who brought it up, but I think it was Jeff Van Gundy on the ESPN telecast saying, you know, these days, every guard is a scoring guard at this point, you know? And you like you said, it's a throwback to... Jason, the Jason kids, the Steve Nashes of the world where you really could care less if they scored really because their point of attack is passing and it actually opens up the rest of their offensive game because, you know, all of Lonzo Ball's weaknesses coming out of college was like, well, defense is going to play him for the pass and they're just going to, they know he's going to pass. So they're just going to guard him or if they know he's only going to shoot three. So they're just going to guard that, you know, but guess what? They... <laughs> They have to guard his pass, so that changes everything. He has more space all of a sudden. If they guard him up on the three-point line, well, guess what? He's going to pass it quickly out of his hands and punish them that way, you know? So just saying, like, oh, he can't score. He's not doesn't have, like, a variety of scoring moves like all these other guys, so defenses will be able to hone in on that. Well, his passing is so elite and so unconventional and catches defenses so off guard that... The defenses have to give up something, you know? If they're going to play him for the three and go up, that allows him so much more space of the floor to pass it right out, you know? So you almost almost can't guard up on the three with him, you know what I mean? So what happens then? He has an open three to shoot, you know? So it's like pick your poison with Lonzo Ball, right? So it's just incredible to see what happens when someone really embraces that pass-first mentality and... To this extent, we've never seen it to this extent because I guess, like you said, we've seen it from Rondo, but even then he still pounds the ball and at the last second drops it off to somebody else. And then on top of that, he really can't shoot, you know, with Lonzo Ball, eventually he's going to have this shot come around and he'll be able to hit these threes, you know, and right now they're open. If if you leave him open for too much longer, he's going to start getting hot and on fire, you know, and tonight he was two for three, I believe. So, so Lonzo Ball right now, I think I wasn't sure what it what Steve Bake and everybody else was talking about when they said every place he's gone to he's changed the culture of that team mm-hmm. and that environment until and look it's just summer league but it's summer league we're about to win the championship you know <laughs> After- Vander Blue is passing the ball <laughs> that's all you need to know Vander Blue is kicking it out man and even when Lonzo didn't play in that one game uh the whole team was sharing the ball as if he were out there so, and I think, and this is kind of sad, I think David Nawaba even told Mike Trudell, um, he's like, yeah, Lonzo wasn't playing tonight, but we still, like, felt his influence while we were out there, and we were sharing it just because we've got accustomed to playing that way, and that's literally, that's like the epitome of a leader, right? Like, leadership is influence. That's it, whether it's good or bad, and clearly with Lonzo, just everything is uh, just infectious, so... Yeah, man, that's that's definitely what Coach Bake was alluding to. He's done this everywhere he's gone, and what reason would anyone, uh, you know, have to believe that it wasn't going to happen here? Yeah, and guess what? It's it's contagious, and these this is stuff that you can't track on the stats or the analytics, right? It's just he makes people around him better. That's like. I don't know how else to like put that down in data outside of seeing the team's pace quicken, the percentages rise, and. If you're looking at at it stats-wise and trying to attribute it analytically to one player, you can't really do that, right? Especially because most of the time, Lonzo Ball is the one making the 
hockey assist or even the, the assist before the hockey assist, but it doesn't matter because he's the catalyst to that, you know, and the catalyst yeah. to his teammates gaining the confidence to take these shots, getting the confidence to make these routes, make these cuts, and then also having them adopt that same sort of mentality where they know I'm going to give it up because I know I'm going to get it back. And even if I get it back, I want to find the best shot available, not just, oh, yeah. this is a good shot. So it's infectious. It's contagious. Lonzo Balls changed the game. Obviously, like we said earlier, punch pass to freaking David Caruso for the pretty athletic dunk. <laughs> Alex. <laughs> Alex. Okay. I keep calling him David Caruso because that's like an actor. But anyways, Alex Caruso for the dunk. I thought that punch pass was illegal, but I guess Lonzo Balls changing the game so much that they're just going to bend the rules it was, for him. It was, just, it was just so fast. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> exactly. they couldn't even tell. <laughs> and... Yeah, he had the he had the punch pass. He had those lofting lobs to Zubats for the for the lay-ins. He had the touchdown pass to Kuzma. I mean, everything he did tonight in his in his limited minutes was incredible. He had the turnaround J on Dennis Smith. He finally got that one to go. That was nice to see. Love that dude. Lo- and he really asserted himself. You know, he used his butt. He backed him down into the paint, and then he spun baseline, and no problem because he's got so much height over him. Yep, exactly. And then he really likes to make those. He drives it into the lane, and he knows exactly where his shooters are. So he makes the over-the-shoulder, like, almost. it looks like a hook shot, but it's a hook pass, you know? Over-the-shoulder yeah, hook TV, passes to Yeah, you think it's going to be a turnover. Yeah, so those have been great as well. So, I mean, Lonzo, pretty much a perfect game outside of the calf injury. Regardless of whether he not whether or not he plays in the championship game doesn't matter. He's done his job. He's looked like the, if not the best rookie, definitely one of the best rookies in summer league, even given his very poor start, you know, to this summer. So Lonzo ball, man, 16 points, nine assists, seven rebounds. You can't really ask for anything more. The only thing you can ask for is like, man, just imagine what he's going to do with actual NBA players. So there you go. Oh, can't wait. Can I'm going to be so sad after tomorrow's over, dude. Exactly. But uh, lastly, again, bringing it back to Kyle Kuzma. He was really good this game, and he was on fire from three. Five for seven, eight for 14, um, 24 points, five rebounds, two assists, one steal, one block. Like you said, he's been showing off that quick spin move more and more, and it's lethal, man. I, I just love how much confidence this guy now has. He he looks like a like a baby <laughs> his face he's like a, has a little baby face and it's so perfectly round like a little like a little porcelain doll or something i, I don't even know how to describe it but he look he let, has, has such like a baby face you know kind of looks yeah, like yeah he does piccolo i i, I don't know <laughs> i don't even know where i'm getting at but it's just it's just weird he just looks really young you know but but he's been he just re- looks weird. <laughs> but he's been really good. You know what hasn't looked weird? His actual basketball play. It's been incredible. And like good we've save, been Yeah, like we've been saying, dude, it's gonna be interesting to see how they make this power forward rotation of Randall, Nance, and Kuzma work. I have no doubt they're gonna wanna see how Randall and Nance look next to Lonzo. They're probably gonna look amazing too. And then from there, they're gonna have to make some decisions because look, they're gonna have to find ways. They're going to have to find a way to give Kuzma minutes, you know, whether that's giving yeah. him some power forward minutes, even though there's already a glut there, or giving him some small forward minutes as well, you know, until they, yeah, they're able to right. find a new home for. I think I think you're going to see Nance and Randall playing a lot more five. That's for darn sure. Oh, for sure. That's, that's definitely going to be the case. But but yeah, Randall is probably going to look amazing, but it might be just so that the Lakers can ship him out with dang or something just because the Lakers have to worry about his crazy contract extension. And when you got Kuzma playing this well, you're probably going to go for the cost effective player, right? So, I mean, we'll just see how it works yeah. out. It's like we've said before, good problem to have. So Kuz control, right? Yep. So any last thoughts on, on summer league as a whole? Uh, let's beat those blazers. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I mean, I'm just, uh, again, there's just going to be this like, sports void in my life after that game ends tomorrow man it's such a long time until anything happens so um nah man that that's about it this is like the best summer league we've obviously ever experienced not just from like i mean obviously the the winning and the record is all good but just the way they're playing it's it's something you and i as as millennials you know have never experienced in our entire lives i mean we've we've obviously seen some incredible uh, basketball from the Lakers, but nothing like this. And uh, it's, it's just fun to witness from the beginning stages 
and we have like semi decent basketball IQs. You know what I mean? Like we understand what's happening. Cause even with Kobe Shaq, like I, I was in fifth grade, <laughs> you know what I mean? When they won their first title. So I didn't really know what the heck was going on, but, uh, seeing this start right now, pretty organically, uh, is extremely, extremely exciting. Exactly. We are the champions. No time of for losers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll take it, man. We've been so devoid of actual winning. Summer League Championship's a good start, man. So we'll take it. For sure. Uh, with that said, thank you guys for listening. As usual, follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes because, like I said, the more you rate and review us, that's one step closer to getting Lonzo Ball to wear those Atnas. What is it? Is that the Chinese brand that Clay Thompson um, rocks? Atnas, Atnas. Wait, I said it earlier. You did. Now I can't remember. Shoot. So please rate and review us so that we can get Clay Thompson's Chinese shoe brand, Anta, <laughs> on his Anta, shoes. There you go. Just a little dyslexic there with the pronunciation. That's all. And hopefully he'll do a better job of dunking the ball than Clay Thompson has over there in China. Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, thank you guys for listening. Uh, Alan, I will catch you later. Vegas, baby. What happens in Vegas yep. is not going to stay there, apparently, because Lonzo's going to keep throwing no. that ball. It's going to come back to L.A. It's going to go to every city that has an NBA team. Boom. Yeah, yeah. All right. Catch you later. All right. Peace. Peace. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents, which means you're going to start telling your kids to clean up before the cleaning lady comes. Doesn't make sense, but you're the parent and they're the kids. You're going to start telling them that now, too. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. And there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. Hi, did you know that you can get a quote on your motorcycle insurance in under three minutes at Progressive.com? And did you know that saying hi makes even bad news sound good? Hi, you have high cholesterol. Hi, you're fine. And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Hi, there's no more even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states.